When I go into businesses, I have this very easy assessment tool. I call it my crisis scale. Yes, a crisis scale, but it is my tool to be able to understand where business owners are along the spectrum of their activity. So starting with the first crisis, number five, you're about to lose customers, maybe a recall. Number four, you are in chaos. You are firefighting. You haven't lost business yet, but you are about to. And that's where I find a lot of business owners. Then number three, you are in control. Things are going well. No need to change yet. Number two, continuous improvement. You're on a spectrum of making improvements, always looking for opportunities. And number one, you have a competitive advantage. So there you go. That's the crisis scale. However, let's hone in on number three. You're under control. Things are going well in your business. What do you do with that opportunity? And you know, so often we just hum along and say life is good and don't see the opportunity in front of us. You have some talent in some departments. Do you leverage them to maybe share their knowledge with others, move them to other assignments? Maybe they will grow exponentially in their impact. Do you have subject matter experts that maybe if they share their knowledge or the way they operate with others, you can exponentially move from simply being in control to maybe a continuous improvement or a competitive advantage? Now, my conversation with Mark Myers, he comes in and looks at your business from a financial perspective, but he too is on the same path. You are doing well, but how can you do better? Lots of insight for the business owner, especially maybe even the CFO of your business. Listen in to this amazing insight with my interview with Mark Myers. So I think the first exploration path for business owners, particularly that are profitable, they're running a profitable business. And at the end of the year, to look at how the distribution of their profits is occurring, not only to themselves as owners, but essentially to their key employees. That's the first eye-opener because when you go from top down and you say, well, how are you currently distributing profits to yourself? They generally say, well, you know, I have a certain amount of salary and after that I take, you know, there might be some profits or there might be some distributions that I can take, dividends I can take depending on how they're structured. So we always say, well, why are you using those pathways? Are there other pathways that you could use that could get that same amount of money to you in a much more tax efficient way? And that's where we get them thinking. So that's the first thing I would say is think about the pathways that you're using. And, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as are you structured the right way? Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello. And as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. 
Hello, my name is Deb Kobe Eller. I am the founder of Illumination Partners, and I simply want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I get to speak to amazing leaders week after week and bring their insights, their stories, and their services to you. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. And I am honored today to share the mic and his insights with an amazing guest, Mark Myers. Mark is a former Marine Corps sergeant that brings over 20 years of successful business operation, ownership, and high-level consulting experience to the table for the clients and financial advisors he services. His company, Peak Profit Solutions and its affiliate partners have helped thousands of individuals increase profit and permanently reduce their annual tax bill to help them better grow their businesses and accelerate their wealth. Over 90% of American successful small and medium-sized businesses significantly overpay in taxes, and it's Mark's work that he does to try to eliminate some of that liability. You know, this is going to be an amazing conversation, Mark. I simply want to welcome you onto the show. Deb, thank you so much. That's a pleasure and honor to be here. I really appreciate it. All right. So I'm just going to kind of take a look over to my listeners right now. I know you're you're listening to this right now. Why would I bring a person like Mark to talk about taxes? Well, you know what? Everybody, it's a, it's a reality of life. We all have to pay taxes as individuals and as business owners. And on this podcast, we serve so many levels. We serve as the CEO, the senior business leader. And while you do practice your craft and deliver products and services, we also have to understand the financial benefits and liabilities in our business. So we're going to go a little bit into Mark's technical area of competency and how he services people. But Mark, let's just start with you. Can you share a little bit about yourself personally, your business journey, and the work that you're doing now in servicing clients? Absolutely. Deb, thanks for the opportunity. I think uh, a little bit about me, you know, I navigated away from what I've had a passion for all growing up. You know, I grew up and I was very uh, active, athletic. I played all the sports that you can play growing up. I wasn't good enough to go pro in any of them, but to, I truly loved that area of just life, just movement and feeling good and, and being fit. So I ended up getting my bachelor's degree in exercise physiology. I ended up getting my master's degree in sports management. So a lot of people ask me, how did you get into what you're doing now? Because my first 10 years, maybe a little bit more, were really in health and wellness. I was running high-end health clubs. Uh, I started out in New York City. Well, I did some things before I went to New York, but I started out with a company in New York City that had about 10 clubs in Manhattan. And I helped them grow their brand and I helped them open up numerous locations in uh, Los Angeles. And in that process, I really learned how to be an owner-operator. And I really learned how to manage an EBITDA, manage revenue, you know, drive EBITDA margins. That was a lot of how I was compensated. So even though my passion was movement and fitness and wellness, I ended up running the business of fitness and wellness, which really I became a CEO and an owner operator within their brand. So that's what really kind of catapulted me. I realized at a certain point that I had an income ceiling, I had a, a glass ceiling that I would never break through unless I thought about things a different way. And I knew that I could speak business owner language. I knew that I could speak owner operator language. And that's when I transition that said, I'm going to become a consultant in the financial space to business owners. And I'm going to, you know, essentially help them increase more, increase their profit, increase their bottom lines, and also ultimately help them shepherd their wealth better. Never wanted to go into the financial planning arena 
as a traditional planner, never got my securities license, which has allowed me to do what I do now. Because essentially, a lot of the things that I do now, uh, individuals that are in the securities world, they can't do them because they there's too much oversight, there's too much regulation, so they're not going to be allowed to do these things. So, I uh, you know, interestingly enough, a lot of the individuals I work with are financial advisors. There are there are CPAs, and they were introduced me to their clients that are business owners or CEOs. Of course, I work with CEOs and business owners directly, but my introduction a lot of times comes from the advisors because we work together synergistically. So that's kind of the journey I've been on for the last 10 plus years, and it's been a really fun one. Thank you for all of that. You know, you have me thinking is that you came to this role to be able to be an advisor to advisors for the clients. And you don't have the traditional background. And I'm just going to share something with you. So I have been recently in the quality continuous improvement space in the flavors industry. I was the head or vice president of quality and continuous improvement, yet I did not have a food safety technology background or degree. I had biomedical engineering and I'd always been in manufacturing and gotten my different certificates. I didn't have the pedigree of a typical subject matter expert that advises in these areas. Has that been a challenge for you for credibility or to rise into these roles? That is a great question. No, great question. And I would say it has not when they understand what I do and they understand how my business in my role is positioned. I don't claim to be the tax attorney that understands all things about this area of tax law. I don't claim to be the CPA that understands all things about recording, tracking, filing. I do claim to be the architect and the explorer that essentially has gone down a number of paths of exploration that a lot of times individuals, other individuals don't have the time to do. And I've created relationships with the tax attorneys that do very, very advanced planning or the CPAs that do really work that's above and beyond the traditional space. And I've created relationships with them. And now what I can do is I understand enough from working with them where the puzzle pieces go together. So when I'm talking to a business owner, I'm talking to an advisor about a client that they have or a business owner directly about a problem that they have, whether it's taxation or maybe they're looking at different profit centers. I have a dozen or more resources. And it may be that I can bring two or three of these resources in and I know why we're bringing them in. Them in and I can help the business owner see that it's worth their time to go down this exploration path. And then I turn it over to those experts. You know what is so refreshing about this? Because I have often thought of myself kind of as a square peg. I don't fit in. I don't claim imposter syndrome. But who am I to go into an organization? And in my area of work, I have a lot of experience in operations. And based on business systems that I have come up with, I can go in and quickly look at the landscape and see where there's waste in their processes, see where there are no processes and too many variables. I can see where they are losing money just from the inefficiencies or the defects. And yes, I can look at the financial statements and then be able to broad stroke say, I think these are the areas we need to improve. And either I can help improve them or I know smart people like Mark or CEO, fractional CEOs to bring them in the different puzzle pieces to solve a broader question than servicing individual silos of taxation or financial positioning. Beautiful. 
I love it. But I love that because it's just, I think it's, we miss, and I don't want to use the, even the word, the generalist, but I love what you say is you, you qualify yourself as the architect and the explorer. And in my case, I talk about the guide. And I'm also the compass. I have my book, The CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track. There are a lot of really, really smart people out there and we need them. But sometimes we need somebody that's just going to partner with us, see the landscape for what it is and help them. So Absolutely. So you got me curious again. So obviously you have these relationships with either the financial advisor, the tax account, or a relationship with the client. You help them, but what does it look like? Where are they at in their business situation for which they say, let's bring in Mark? What are they feeling? What's the pain in the moment right then? That's a great question, Deb. And it's kind of a loaded question. So I'll go down three different paths. Or maybe I'll just talk about one path to start with and, and identify the other two. But I'd say the majority of the time, the pathway that we're discussing is the disgust that the owners, the partners of the company have in their personal taxation level. So they have a thriving business and they've achieved a good level of profitability. And for that, they are rewarded. They are rewarded for that uh, with sometimes north of 50% brackets on the tax side. So they're basically giving over, I'm not saying all individuals, but even if you're in a state that only has federal income tax application, you know, Tennessee and Florida and Washington and Nevada, you still have, you know, close to 40% when all is said and done that is being paid out of the profits that are distributed from your company to you. So they, you know, sometimes they get a little frustrated. So that's probably, I would say that is the dominant conversation, which is how do we look at this as a profit center? Because, you know, a lot of people think that they just have to pay their taxes and pay retail. And if you look at big industry, I mean, 55 of the top 500 Fortune 500 companies just last year alone paid zero federal income tax, yet they had hundreds of millions or billions of dollars in profit. So how do they pay 0% federal income tax? And we're paying, you know, as smaller to medium-sized businesses, we're paying as owners 37, 40, if we're in California, 45, 50, 53%. So treating your tax bill like a profit center is something that I think is highly, highly overlooked by most decision makers in a company. So that's really the first path. And I'll just quickly talk about the second two paths. The second two paths are there's transaction. There's a transaction involved. Like Some people come to me directly or I'll be brought to them by their advisor and say, hey, I have a client that has a transaction. They're selling their business. They're selling a highly appreciated asset. They're selling their ISO. They have a whole bunch of stocks that they're selling in this private private equity, or not even, it could be public. And they're looking at a pretty large capital gains tax bill. I heard you could help with that. That's the second pathway we talk about. So it's transactional based, not just taxes on active income or profit from the company. And the third is, well, I know everybody talks about increasing profit. And I know that you have experience working as a owner operator in a specific industry, but I heard that there's, I heard there's other areas of profit enhancement that we can look at through some of the partners that you have. And that's really looking at their contractual relationship with all of their vendors. And sometimes people don't realize that if you really dig into the contracts that you have with the vendors that you currently have, you may be missing a lot of opportunity there financially that they're not going to tell you unless you can dig in and find it. So it might not be that, hey, well, I'm coming in to say you should change five vendors and pay less 
and essentially make more? No, we might say the five vendors that you're using right now, if we look at the agreements you have contractually, we could squeeze more olive oil out of the olive and maybe create more profitability using some intellectual property that groups that I work with have that you you know just don't have time as a business owner to really dig in that deep with your telecom agreement or with your insurance agreement or with your freight agreement you know uh, or with your rental and leasing agreements all those things there's so much granularity so those are the three paths that we we kind of go down really really interesting i appreciate all of that you know what makes you a little bit different when we talked before we got on here was think about your tax liability or that part of your business as a profit center I've never heard about that before. Do you use that in your branding or how what during your introduction? Like, is that, how did you come up with that? And, and do you really use that as a superpower for what, who you are and what you do? Deb, I need to use it more. Okay. And you're, you're kind of spark, you're sparking my, my marketing thought process because I do talk about this in the consulting process. You know, I think that it's really good to say, and this is a conversation to have this in order for people to, Pay. If we're talking about taxes, in order for people to be more efficient and pay less taxes, they have to change. They have to first change the way they think about taxes. Yes. Right. So if they don't first change the way they think about taxes, they're never going to change their tax situation. And this is the same rule that applies. So when you're looking at certain things that you think on the surface this is an expense item, this is a line item, and you can't see that this is an actual opportunity or a profit center if you focus on it the right way. So. I'm going to actually uh, take your lead because this is where you know your your strength is, is <laughs> and use that more. I just ask the questions, but one of my superpowers is active listening. Not only am I hearing your words, I'm seeing you as you're delivering them, and then all of a sudden, something comes out that's like, "Wow, I've never heard that before." Seeing your taxes as a profit center is a complete mindset shift. We think of all the negatives. It's a necessary evil, that and death (laughs) are those things and those realities of our life. But often, you know, hey, I can start my own business or no, I've never done that before. I can't do that. When you change your mindset, it becomes very powerful. And I bet your clients like, oh, let's open the cookie jar a little bit more and stick our hands deeper and see what we can get. But Yeah. So what's really more important, again, your work is very important, but really what your clients say about you. Now, I would love to know maybe a story about, I don't know, maybe somebody that's like, yeah, 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 you're going to save me taxes. I've heard that one before. I pay a lot of money to smart people and I really don't see a change. I would love to know where maybe you have encountered a naysayer for which then you did work together and you made a difference. Absolutely. Deb, that's a good one. And I, I would have to say in this space, particularly with taxes, because it's such a sensitive topic, you know, whether people are very frustrated in the amount that they pay, or they're also fearful that if they do anything outside of what is vanilla and chocolate in this world, that they're going to be in big trouble. You know, <laughs> it's just not the way it works, but that's the way they think it works. So I would say for your question, and this is going to be more of a generality, but I can give you some specifics in the generality is out of every single CPA I talk to, and this is whether I'm talking to them for the first time because they are intrigued and they want to know more, or I'm introduced to them by a business owner because that all the business mm-hmm. owners generally say, well, let me, I want my CPA to you know, kind of weigh in on what you're talking about here, right? I mean, they, they always, it's almost like in a, in a, in a physician setting, Hey, 
I, I need to make sure my primary care physician can weigh in on this, which doesn't really happen, right? When you go to the neurologist and they've done all that work for so many years in neurology, usually people don't go back to their primary care physician and say, does the neurologist know what he's talking about? Mm. But it does essentially happen in finance. So I would say to answer the best answer to your question, CPAs really play defense and put the shield up. And out of every 10 I talk to, seven of them may never come around. They may never come around in that, hey, if I don't understand all of this as if I created this opportunity and explored this tax code, then I don't know if I can say yay or nay on it, which means the business owner then has to make the decision, which I always say to the business owner, it is your decision to make. But what's fun to get back to your your path and your point is three out of the 10 times, the CPAs see the light. And I'm not saying that CPAs, I'm not trying to paint a bad picture at all. I'm just saying that three are saying, you know what? There is an area mm-hmm. or the significant amount of space in navigation of tax code that if we bring in specialists, it'll really help. And when they see that, it's just, boom. Now, all of a sudden they understand and they want to learn more, not that they're putting the shield up, put the shield down. They realize, hey, this person is, this group is not coming to take my business away because that's one of the biggest shields. Like, hey, first of all, who am I letting in the door? And second of all, are they going to lead my client astray? Third of all, are they going to take my client, right? There's a whole bunch of defense mechanisms that we have to get through. So I love, I guess where I'm going is three times out of 10, I get a group that really lets their shield down and they see you know, the forest through the trees and they realize they're working with a friendly. And then you know what happens? They have, I have three more clients that I want you to work with. That's what happens as a, you know, so. So what's really beautiful about what you share is that we need to celebrate the people that help us live to the letter of the law because we want to be law abiding. We want to be compliant to whatever the regulation is. And we want to do the right thing because we've seen so many bad things happen when we either take risks or we deviate from those handrails. But I also know in my work, because I'm going to share a story, so I do a lot of compliance work with customers as well, where they need to achieve a certain quality or business certification that gives confidence to the customers that they're always going to follow a process that's going to deliver quality and safe product. However, those standards, those rules, those guardrails say you need to document basically everything, but... Do you really need to document the process that an operator turns a crank and pushes that button to operate this piece of equipment when they've been doing it for 30 years? They're a trainer. They've got the experience. They don't need to have everything written down to show them how to do it. And if you can explain that, the business still runs. I can assure you we're going to follow the rules and deliver a quality product or service. You need people like myself or you to interpret where there is some flexibility, understand the intent. There are certain reasons why we pay taxes against certain criteria, but we need to have that expertise to know where we can have that, I don't know, interpretation without getting in trouble and the client benefits from it. 100%, Deb. I I love the way you put that. Yeah. So you're so confident. You've been just jumping. You do what you do. It seems like you've actually gotten into an industry that is challenging to be able to say people are are a better way. Have you ever had an instance where you weren't sure you were doing the right thing? Was this not, was this the right 
business consultancy that you would have? Because again, we paint a rosy picture as consultants and business advisors that, hey, we get in there, roll up our sleeves and do the work. But sometimes we question if we are doing the right work. And I'm wondering if you have such an experience. You know, that's a really good question. And there's, as in life, there's always days that one will say, you know, this day was a tough day. <laughs> I thought it was going to come out a little bit better. You know, you, when you're going in and you're thinking, I, and there's been presentations and and uh, recommendations and analysis work that's been done. And I'm thinking, this business owner is going to be doing backflips. I'm so excited because I can share with them so much more opportunity. And for whatever reason, they can't get through and work through some of their fear or yes. hesitation to change, right? Changing mm-hmm. their mindset. Mm-hmm. So those are the days that I'm like, ah, I just showed this person, you know, quarter of a million dollars a year of savings, you know, that's completely liquid. We're not talking about doing any retirement planning. That's why the advisors love us. Like we're not stepping on their toes at all. We're just giving them more money to work with, essentially. Mm-hmm. Those are the tough days. But I would say those are far and few between because this problem solving and the exploration process with every business owner is very fun. It's very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And of course, when they do move forward, it changes lives. It really does. I mean, and when someone's paying 50% less personal income tax, or maybe they completely mitigate the capital gains tax on the sale of their appreciated asset, or they can increase the valuation of their company like 5% or 10% essentially within 30 days. I mean, that's, that's games. Those are game changers, you know, so that's where it becomes really rewarding. Now, I don't want to give away your tips, your craft. But if a business owner is listening to this right now or somebody who is in a decision-making capacity and maybe they haven't yet thought about enlisting your services, maybe they didn't even know about your services existing, what are maybe a couple things, one or two things might they be able to do now to get a better understanding about their tax position and, and maybe even some changes they could do on their own? Again, without giving away as much, what are some actionable tips that they could do to maybe leverage some of your expertise? but and maybe ultimately give you a call? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So I think the first exploration path for business owners, particularly that are profitable, they're running a profitable business. And at the end of the year, or quarterly, right? Because we're running a profitable business, you should be paying taxes quarterly to look at how the distribution of their profits is occurring, not only to themselves as owners, but essentially to their key employees. That's the first thing that that's the first eye opener, because when you go from top down and you say, well, how are you currently distributing profits to yourself? They generally say, well, you know, I have a certain amount of salary. And after that, I take, you know, there might be some profits or there might be some distributions that I can take, some dividends I can take, depending on how they're structured. So we always say, well, why are you using those pathways? Are there other pathways that you could use that could get that same amount of money to you in a much more tax efficient way? Mm. And that's where we get them thinking. So that's the first thing I would say is think about the pathways that you're using. And, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as are you structured the right way? An S-Corp can essentially take on some more tax efficiency than LLC Mm. based off of a few different things that, uh, you know, when you're looking at employment wages, et cetera, those are just the basics. So, and those you can usually do with a good forward thinking tax preparer or CPA say, hey, am I structured right? If I was structured, if I was more a a different type of entity, or maybe if I filed as a subchapter S, could I get some tax benefits? That's the first, but we did, we go well beyond that. 
well beyond that. So that's just kind of the first path. That's very helpful. You know, one of the things I, I love what you did was not necessarily what they can do, but what a better question that they can ask. Again, I talk about this in my book. I don't tell leaders what to do. I mean, I, yes, I have some tips. I do share some best practices, but I think with a leader and you talk about this, that maybe three out of 10 people see the light. They are aware because they are asking the right questions about their business position, their profitability and their tax liability and having the awareness to say, maybe I should talk to somebody just to be sure. Am I doing the right things or their opportunities? I love, again, tax liability can actually be a profit center because it's an opportunity for business growth and um, profitability. So I I love your brand. If people wanted to reach out to you, because we're going to bring this to a close, you are a wealth of information and a lot of resources. Any closing thoughts or how best can people connect with you if they want to know more about what you can do to help them with their profits? Absolutely, Deb. Thank you for inviting me. I want to make sure I don't uh, forget to tell you that. It's been a pleasure and just getting to know you. And I know what you do is amazing. So I really appreciate the invite and the great questions. I just want to reinforce that uh, to those listening, to don't think inside the box. Think outside of the box, knowing that there are profit centers you might not see yet that I can share with you. I can show you. So that's really the the message. And and if they go to peakprofitsolutions.com, that's my website, peakprofitsolutions.com, they'll really get a better understanding of you know who I am and and there's some access points they can actually grab some some free material from that as well. And they can also book an appointment with me. That's an exploration appointment that has no no cost as well. So that's that would be my uh, request for anyone listening today. So you have been an amazing guest. One of the things that you really resonate, again, when I think about the CEO's compass is is the greater outcome or purpose. I mean, again, we have to enlist the services of smart people like financial advisors and, and accountants, but the greater outcome is living the life we want to live and enjoying the fruits of our efforts. Are there better ways? And that aligns with peace of mind or my true north. So I just want to thank you for being so aligned with my brand. I do wish you continued success and just thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. I really appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.